Hello and thank you for listening to 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for March 2021, brought to you by Dean of the Dead Hot Sources, who has been very busy. Uh, we still can't say, Tom, I know we teased it in the last show, <laughs> that uh, Dean had got a couple of collaborations, you know, some irons in the fire. We still can't give that away, uh, but we will encourage everybody to please go and order some of this new batch of uh, Jeepers Reapers that he's made. He put up, it up on his Instagram. Uh, I think it was earlier on today, actually. And, oh, it sounds so good again, mate. Carolina Reaper peppers, strawberries. Oh, oh just, just, put it nice. on any, just put it on anything. And he's booking in to, and we've got fingers, toes, and anything that can be crossed. Crossed. He's booking in to so many shows for the back end of this year. So let's just hope. Yeah, I saw I saw oh. the list. As you say, let's keep everything crossed. Um, everything carries on going the way it is. Um, and uh, people will be able to see Dean and uh, pick up some sources in person. Definitely, yeah. And if you do get to meet him in person, uh, just name drop us, of course. And uh, yeah, have a chat with him. Dean's really nice. You'll have a good laugh with him. So uh, yeah, let's just yeah. hope that and that we can meet him again, mate. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know we were. Uh, we've got plans, haven't we, for you coming back up here into Wales and all other sorts of stuff. Oh, going talking on. of oh man, <laughs> the plans of the, the plans for the summer. They all. It's going to be a busy time. It is. Let's the yeah, end. Well, it's going to be a busy time. Yeah, it'd be good to uh, be sat here in person again, mate, recording a show together. We'll be good. Absolutely. Can't wait. Uh, I am going to start with a couple of apologies from the last show as well. Uh, hopefully, everybody listening, you listen to both of the Looking Back at Music video shows that we put out, the remastered ones that me and Tom recorded back in the days of 80s Picture House. I've got to apologise to Stephen Pitalo. Not Stephen Pilato, like I said in the introduction. <laughs> because oh, Dave. How I do you know, notice that? It's, I know why as, as well, because it's I've always got, with his name, I always think of Joe Pilato, who played Rhodes in Day of the Dead. <laughs> so whenever I see his name of Pitalo, for some reason, my brain just goes, <laughs> Pilato. So, sorry, Stephen, I did get your name wrong. And people listening, it is Stephen Pitalo, of course. And and we should know this by now, mate. After, what, nine years almost of podcasting together, don't announce your schedule or really don't announce anything until it's done after the, uh, after the fact. Because I did say in the February show that, oh, yeah, I'll be releasing um, the two Looking Back at Music video shows back-to-back on the Monday and the Thursday. Well interview shows came up and that sort of screwed the schedule so they were a bit spaced out differently to what i originally intended so apologies for that as well but at least they're out there mate aren't they they are now yeah Yeah, so that's good uh plenty plenty of 80s related stuff again still it never stops the 80s just never go away mate (laughs) (laughs) first thing is uh fraser revival on paramount plus which Apparently used to be CBS All Access. Now, yeah, I know Fraser ran from 93 till 2004, but of course... Good to hear you're talking about this quintessentially 90s sitcom, the old 80s show, Dave. It was. The the 80s. Cheers. (laughs) The 80s, obviously, is Cheers, which ran from 82 to 93. It came out of that, didn't it? So, Well, this... This, I love Frasier. I think it's the best that come of the 90s. Sorry, friends, you are, you've aged terribly. Um, 
but people, a lot of people are saying, and I agree, like, because David Hyde Pierce isn't going to, like, Niles isn't going to be in it. Obviously, John Mahoney uh, passed away, so hmm. Marty's not going to be in it, and Daphne's not going to be in it. Oh, but you've hell. got to remember how Frasier started. Hmm. Like, none of them were in Cheers, were they? So, yeah, yeah, it's true. Have you, sorry, have you got echoing from me? No, Sounds no. No, no, okay. you sound fine at this end. No, you sound good at this end. It's all good. Um, yeah, none of those, um, you know, it was just Frasier in Cheers. So I'm just like, well, I'll give it a go. I'll give it the uh, one or two episodes um, because, you know, that's how Frasier started. So we will see. Yeah, I used to like Frasier. Um, I didn't watch them all. I probably, in total, I don't know, I've watched a couple of dozen episodes in total. And I've enjoyed every one that I've watched. So I think actually talking about it now, I think it's one to to revisit and go and go through oh, go through them all. But like you with Friends, I mean, I've never ever watched an episode of Friends. So I watched it when I was a kid, and like it's just I just don't get what the the, the love for it now is. I just don't you know I just don't think it's aged very well. I've seen like bits of it in recent years, and I'm just like this isn't great. And people just don't <laughs> shut up about it. Oh. And I think. The sooner it's taken off, the likes of Netflix and Prime or wherever they're watching it, the better, because then people will just watch something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's coming. I don't know what date this revival's going to be coming on, or I don't even know if they've started filming it yet or not. I just saw that it was happening. No. So Another think... streaming service, Paramount Plus. I don't know if we'll end up getting that over here or not. Yeah, another streaming service. Who, who hasn't got a streaming service now? There's so many of them. Malibu Bay Films. That's on who, demand. That's who needs a streaming. I mean, service. there's like literally twelve films, so it would be a lim- very limited. Yeah. Use. Release one a month for a year, and then that's it. Done. Oh, yeah, fold. <laughs> uh, we've got to talk about mate uh, a sequel to the 1988 movie coming to America, which is called Coming to America, because we've both watched it, haven't we? Yes, this was going to be one of my things, but you, you, you just steal it. No, no, I was going to hand it to you first, mate. Go on. What, what do well, you, what did yeah, you think of, of course. Um, the, uh, the love for the original film is huge. And this was out two weeks ago, I think, as we uh, record tonight. Mm-hmm. And obviously I watched it. I may or may not have had a takeaway. I like, the scene was set. <laughs> and in the end... Because I had my doubts, and I had my doubts during watching it as well. It's just under two hours, like an hour and 50 or something like that. Um, I had my doubts when watching it, but by the end of it, and the more I think about it now, like it did win me round, and mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. Yeah, I know you enjoyed it more than me and Tina did, didn't you? Yeah. We, obviously, we had a discussion on WhatsApp about it afterwards and everything, and I know me and Tina watched it, and the longer it went on, the more it lost us so it's like oh, it's, yeah promising start and then we sort of oh, dipped out and was a bit disappointed we didn't yeah that's interesting because i found and we're getting into spoilers so if you haven't watched it yet you may want to skip ahead um i i just found it a bit disjointed and random at first like why are they doing the prince song get off for no real reason i mean i've, I've you know it's fine but like, why have they just burst into this musical number? And it all just felt a bit like, you know, and then like, oh, here's Morgan Freeman and here's um, Salt and Pepper, and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And just like, this is all just like a bit random. And then once they came back from America and, you know, then it was fine to see 
you know, the barbers and everything like that. But once I came back to America, I think that's where it started. The story started to, um, there's, there started to be more of a story and a plot and it was yeah. different, you know, the roles were reversed and all that, you know, they flipped it back and, uh, yeah, by the end when Randy Watson come out, I was just, I was beaming. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean, the- my biggest laugh of the whole thing was when Randy Watson came out and the reactions, there was this, the scene where he comes out and everyone from Queens is just like, oh my God, and just absolutely losing their shit. And then it cuts to um, everyone else who's just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it was just brilliant. <laughs> I think the one thing that we all definitely agreed on is we need more Wesley Snipes on screen, mate. Wesley Snipes, of the there's a great letterbox review that said um, it looked like he was a, like every scene he was in, he was about just a, it was like a dance scene. It does. He dances because all the way he loomed into the shot every time. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, oh, he's so awesome, Snipes. We've said before, haven't we? Our love for Wesley Snipes. Yeah, like I mean, I remember when Expendables Three came out, and we didn't have too many kind words to say about that, but we agreed Snipes was great in it, and hopefully. That would mean more roles. And then he did Dolomite Is My Name. Mm-hmm. Again, we have Randy Murphy one with the same director as this. And he was great in that. And then he's done this other, you know, and then he's done this one. It's just like, give him some roles. My God. And there was one bit in this as well. There's a tiny little sort of fight scene. And there's one specific move that he does. And just that one bit of, oh, please give me snipes in an action movie soon. Please. Well, he's talking about doing a like a sort of competitor to Blade. Like, obviously, Blade's going to be an MCU film. Mm. Um, and I mean, bless him. Like, it's going to be a low budget thing. You know, it's going to be you know straight to DVD or straight to streaming. But I just want to see him. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing him in the MCU Blade film, just playing a different character. Yeah, he's got. He's so good, and he's so funny, and he's just you know he's. He's really good, and I wish we'd just see him in more stuff. Yeah, I think that's one of the great things about him is he can do comedy and he can do action, and he's got that certain screen presence, for us at least, that we just like love watching him on screen. Uh, I didn't write down where I saw this. I'm presuming it's on one of the streaming services. That would be Netflix, Amazon, Disney, I don't know. Uh, Although, having said that, it might not have been. It might just be available online. But it's an 18-minute sort of mockumentary called "Sexual Chocolate Beneath the Wrapper." Have you seen that yet? Yeah, I think that's. I think you're right. I think that is on Amazon as well. No, I haven't seen it yet. I think it's also on YouTube. Hmm. Free to watch. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. Yeah, I don't know um, how uh, how good that's going to be. It's it's all right. It raised a few laughs. It's all right. It's good as a little. Uh, if you've watched Coming to America watch this afterwards just as a little bit it's like a bonus scene on a you know on the blu-ray that you get one of the extras so it is worth watching definitely okay mm. there's a lot of 80s related stuff that's worth watching on sky arts over here in the uk they've gone 80s mad on it uh there's three programs that came to uh, my attention one is music videos that shaped the 80s another is blitzed the 80s blitz kids stories and I, I thought, what? what's that? And apparently Blitz was a London uh, venue, a Soho venue in London, that was the UK equivalent of Studio 54 in New York. Or that's, yeah. yeah, that's what they'd like to think they were anyway. So oh. that, that's, whether they were or not, I don't know. But well, that sounds interesting. And then there's a whole season, and it's just called The 80s, 
and it just takes you through the 80s so like sky hearts yeah i've gone quite 80s mad mm. mate uh, nice there was also as well that and i forget it was it was on i think it was on the radio or on the tv again but apparently there was a poll across the uk of the all time feel good song so not sticking to any specific decade or anything all time feel good song what do you think the UK voted for? And obviously- oh, knowing this country, it's probably Jeff Buckley and Hallelujah, wasn't it? <laughs> or Lou Reed and Perfect Day. Nope. Knowing, knowing, the, knowing the people that, yeah, it's probably something like that. I was absolutely shocked when it was announced that the number one all-time feel-good song, as voted for by whoever they polled in the UK, was Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> Okay. How awesome is that? Well, it's certainly certainly motivational, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, put that song on. That 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 song, more than any other, makes people feel good in the UK. So Mm. if you're listening to this and you can think of a better one, let us know. (laughs) That's definitely like (laughs) a a gym song, though, isn't it? It's one of those songs that if you're doing any type of exercise, put it on. And like you said, motivational, definitely. Go on then, Tom. I'll hand it over to you while I have a, a sip of coffee quietly in the background. Well, I saw a thing in Empire magazine yesterday about um, a sequel. It's actually the third film in the series. Um, the original film came out in 1988, which I didn't have a clue about. It was an interview with Emilio Estevez, and he's doing a third Young Guns movie. Oh, I didn't know about that. At the moment, I mean, I say at the moment it's called this because this title sucks. <laughs> so, at the moment, it's called Guns Free, alias Billy the Kid. Oh, that's a bit of a shit title. And the poster's like, um, it's got, I mean, it's got other characters in it. You can't really tell who, I mean, like, knowing it's Emilio Estevez, you can see it's Emilio Estevez is the main thing. There's one guy who looks like a bit like Wes Studi. Mm. Um, and there's others, one that looks a bit like older, like my dad out of Stranger Things. I've got um, David Harbour a bit, but, I mean, these are just lit- it's literally a drawing. One of them doesn't <laughs> even look that human. So that's supposed to be out. He's directing it, and he's writing it with one of the original writers of the Young Guns films. Um, it's supposed to be out next August, August 2022. Oh, okay. So he's getting on a bit of a... Um, uh, a re a reboot or a me- remake or a sequel kick because obviously he's um, the Disney Plus Mighty Ducks show um, is uh, starts at the end of the month. Ah, okay. so he's he's having a little look back like we all have done in the last year. We sort of you know we all tend to look back at stuff. So he's obviously had a bit of a look back because they shot this Mighty Ducks show during this last year. So um, yeah, I mean. I will watch a third Young Guns film. I mean, like, uh, they can't, definitely can't call it Young Guns. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's uh, they'll be sued for misrepresentation. <laughs> that they will. But uh, but yeah, Guns Free Alias Billy the Kid. It's like, you've got to change that title. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You've got to change that. That has got to be changed, mate. That's not very good at all. No, that's not that's not good. Uh, anything? What else have you got, mate? I've got. I've not got a lot. You, 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 yeah, you go on. Well, shall we get? Shall we get the usual bit out of the way? Oh, Dave, you are you. Oh, man. You're hard for this. I come. <laughs> you know. Oh, I can't wait. You know this. It's like, oh, 
Oh, I want to press this I'm button. I'm surprised, you know, we've been going, you know, about 10, 15 minutes we've been talking and it's taken this long. <laughs> this is going to replace the opening music. We're just going to launch straight into it. <laughs> so, oh, don't put those ideas in my head, mate. You know it'll happen. Uh, okay, then, let's let's get this bit over with. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> One shouldn't be laughing when we're talking about death. Sorry, but one, one, um, one death did did raise some smiles amongst us. Not because this person <laughs> died. Let, let let me put this into context before people start. <laughs> what a quote! One death did raise some smiles. <laughs> That's going to be just taken completely out of context now. <laughs> no one would do that on the internet. Don't worry. <laughs> 60MW podcast is quoted as saying... You just got cancelled, shit. Oh, no. Uh, So, Ian St. John, bless him, ex-Liverpool footballer, um, TV pundit, TV show presenter, who, from 1985 through to 1992, uh, along with Jimmy Greaves, presented the show Saint and Greavesy. Which, because I was still sort of into football then, used to quite enjoy watching that. I think it was on ITV over here in the UK. And it was it was because it was funny and they took the piss out of football and everything. So during, I think it was the BBC Breakfast News and I was sat having breakfast. And you know where I'm going with this, mate. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get this. And they, oh, yeah, in St. John's died. He was 82, blah, blah. And they, when any sort of celebrity dies, the TV and the news shows bring on people who are associated with them or knew them and talk about them. So they bring on another ex-Liverpool footballer, Alan Kennedy. And they're talking to Alan Kennedy on video Zoom, as happens in all of the, you know, the news shows and everything now. And I had to rewind it and I videoed it and I sent it to you, mate. And I did put it on our Twitter as well. So if you follow us on Twitter, you might have seen it on there. I am 99.9% that Alan Kennedy farted live on BBC News because he's talking about Ian St. John. And then, and you noticed this as well, mate, he leans forward. He did to lean forward. And then there's a farty noise, like a... And he doesn't even miss a beat. And then he leans back as soon as the noise is finished, carries on talking. Now, a few people put online, because they saw the video that I put up and went, oh, it's, um, it's a phone vibrating. No. Now, I don't think it was that. For it just to vibrate once, and for him, it's the way he leans forward, though, isn't it? Yeah. Would you... Yeah, he leaned, like, if it was a phone vibrating in his pocket, it would have made the noise first, and he was then he would forward. Yeah. No, and, and also, it wasn't that noise, you know, it wasn't that... It was a, it was a fart noise. <laughs> like, there's no two ways about it, and he just... As he didn't miss a beat... Fair play to him, mate. That's that's a pro move right there to fart live on air on BBC Breakfast News, and not and not. It didn't phase him. That was the thing. It was just yeah, as though it's like not as though he does it in every interview. Maybe you he know, does. It's his trademark that he farts halfway through and being interviewed. So yeah, that was the bit that raised a smile. Not the death of Ian St John. Can we have that? If anybody's going to quote me. Uh, so next one, Norman J. Warren, 78, directed yeah, loads yeah. of great films. Oh, uh, a lot of them during the seventies, obviously into 1981 in Seminoid. 
I had the pleasure of meeting him, oh God, a long time ago. And I, he autographed my um, Inseminoid poster. It wasn't like a quad poster. It's it's one that I got. I forget what magazine it was from, but it was like, you know, like the center spread of a magazine. Yeah. So it's like two A4 pages, uh, which would make it A3, wouldn't it really? And he, uh, he he signed that to me, and he was he was really nice. And I have got a soft spot for Norman J. Warren films. I know there's a lot of people that don't like them, uh, but, mm. but when you look at the budget that he worked with, and you know the time time constraints and everything, I I do like his films. Because you've seen them, of course, haven't you, Tom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Seminoid, awesome film. I remember renting that on VHS way back when, just because of the cover. Oh my god, the covers alone! I just. <laughs> if you haven't if people haven't seen the cover the vhs cover for inseminoid just take yeah, a definitely sec- an acquired taste but yeah. if you're sort of like i think yeah, they, they work more for you know for english for, you know people in the uk because mm. well obviously that's where most of them are like set but um yeah yeah there's something about them there is something about them there are they're good i want to rewatch them now yeah. Uh, we sadly lost at the age of 97 Murray Walker, Formula One commentator during the 70s and right through the 80s. I used to be a big Formula One fan. And yeah, yeah watching it on the TV, he was, I mean, he was renowned over here for he would say something and he, it, I thought, oh, what was it called? It's something like the Walker curse or something like that. Basically, it was the kiss of death if he said, oh, so-and-so is in the lead. He's unstoppable now. And then two seconds later, oh, he's crashed. If, it, <laughs> if he said something, you could guarantee he'd put the kibosh on it. And he did it so many times that he did become known for it. And he he made uh, Formula One so watchable. You know, he was put a lot of humour into it. And his passion for Formula One was you know, unquestionable. So he's, he's going to be missed too. As is, aged 81, we lost Yafet Koto, who, just look at his filmography, there's a shitload of stuff. Um, yeah, I was quite shocked that he suddenly left us. Um, even more shocked, because he was only aged 66, Marvin Hagler. He was the undisputed middleweight from 1980 to 87. And I was big time into boxing during the 80s. I used to go to loads of boxing matches. Um, at Manchester Arena and watched a load of title fights and everything. And Marvin Hagler was always my favourite fighter as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, and for him to pass away at age 66 was like a massive shock. Oh, my God. You know, people like that, you think, really fit. Uh, I mean, we've talked about in the past sports people, you know, we talked about American footballers and wrestlers and so on, who you'd think, because of what they do, oh, yeah, they'll be fit. They're going to live to a grand old age. But no, a lot of them, like, you know. Well, I'm not I'm not saying anything about Hagler in this, but when it comes to wrestlers. Well, uh, yeah, true. <laughs> uh, the, the 80s were a very uh, decadent time for mm. all sorts of things. So that may not... <laughs> lead to a long life in the yes, long run yes actually so. that's a very good point mate yeah it is uh and finally aged 87 is an actor and i'm going to say his name and i bet nearly everybody will go who henry darrow does that who? Make... exactly i'm sure nearly everybody listening will be going who uh to me he's who... literally making up people to pass this section out now <laughs> Uh, he, I mean, again, look, look at his IMD, IMDb credits. To me, he's always going to be Manolito Mantoya from the High Chaparral. Uh, he was born Enrique Tomas Delgado and changed his name to Henry Darrow, which 
it's, it's quite funny to me because when I was 18, I worked at a, at a bus station in the office as a cash clerk and also went into the front office. And one of the things that I did was I answered the phone and I had to deal with people that had left stuff on the bus, lost property. There was a little lost property department. And you'd get the phone ringing and you'd pick it up and somebody would go, oh, is that lost property? Yes, what have you left on the bus? And, you know, my umbrella or this, that and the other. A good one was the false teeth that they'd left on the bus. The best one ever was I picked up the phone. Is that lost property? Yeah, what have you left on the bus? My mum. <laughs> it left. An 80-odd-year-old mum she'd left. I'd fallen asleep next to her and, this, and the, you know, the daughter had got up and then left her mum asleep on the bus. And I was like, what? How did you do that? But I got into work one day and in lost property. It was good because then, I mean, we're talking, that, you know, in the 80s, this was as well, early 80s, uh, that if something had come into lost property and it was still there, I think it was six months later, we had first pick at it. You could have what you wanted. It hadn't been claimed within six months, you could have it. So I'd always go in, usually on a Saturday morning, have a rummage through and see what's coming up to six months that I can, you know, maybe take home. And somebody had left on the bus the previous day one of the certificates where you officially change your name. And they changed the name. And it really was something like John Smith. You know, it was a really vanilla UK name. And they changed their name to Manolito Mantoya. Which, huh. which again, like I said, Henry Darrow played in High Chaparral. I thought, what? Oh my God! If you're going to change your name, what a great name to change it to! <laughs> but yeah, you're listening to this and you don't know who he is. Again, just click onto IMDb. You will know who he is, and you'd have seen stuff that he was in. He was in mostly loads of TV stuff. He was in every major TV show during the seventies, during the eighties. He was in everything, and a few films. He was in the Hitcher movie in the eighties. Oh, nice. Yeah, like I say, once you see his face, you'll go, ah, him. Uh, and and Hereth ends the Reaper section, mate. Like that. But, but. <sighs> I have... Don't start doing predictions. <laughs> Damn you. You've beat me to it. <laughs> I have got something to balance this out. Um, because I saw something just the other day that made me smile. Uh, so, and I'm just going to preempt it with this. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Thank you, Claire Grogan. I saw that we're recording this on March the 19th. Two days ago, mate, Kurt Russell was 70. How 70? He was 70. <laughs> oh, my word. Good old Kurt Russell, 70, mate, and still... What a legend. Still and, um, awesome. And he's just done the, uh, the, the Russell legacy lives on. I've just watched the first episode of A Falcon of a Winter Soldier, and, and uh, his son Wyatt is in it. Ah. So, um, it, it carries on. Mm. The Rus- and obviously Goldie Horn's his mum as well, so the yeah. uh, Russell Horn legacy... <laughs> carries on nice one so yeah i just thought that just balance it out a little bit we've got people leaving yeah, the world still a nice little birthday yeah but... nice little birthday thing so if any you know come to mind or if anybody listening you notice any ready for the april show and you want to send us something in you know again just to balance things out a little bit more happy news people celebrating the birthday and that 80s related let us know and we can add it into there uh i've only got one more 80s related bit of stuff mate so have you got anything before? yeah go for it 
Okay. Super Ted. (laughs) (laughs) Originally aired in 1982. Originally aired on the Welsh TV station. Oh, he wasn't Welsh, was he? S4C. Super Ted is Welsh, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I never knew it. It came up on the TV here. Because, of course, live in Wales here. And, yeah, they got the creator of it. And it got his Wales shirt on. And it's going to return. Yeah. The Welsh superhero of <laughs> Super Ted is going to return. Uh, I don't think I ever seen it. I really don't. Yeah, I saw it watched it as a kid. So yeah. yeah, I did see that was coming back. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, forget all this. You know, the the Snyder cut of Justice League and you know new Marvel Universe films. Fucking Super Ted. That's the only superhero anybody wants now. You tell them. <laughs> yes, that's it. Watch out for that. Uh, that's it. That's it for 80s related stuff that I've got, mate. Yep, yeah, I, I don't have anything either. Anything else? Shall we move on then to. Oh, it's your first time watch pick, isn't it? Let's, uh, it is. Let's settle back for a second and listen to the trailer for your pick. From Turner Home Entertainment. Can I ask you a personal question? You carry a gun, and you're not afraid to use it. You can outdrive the best of them. Who are you, and who are you working for? Agent Michael Gold has a mission on his mind. You didn't tell me who he was or why he was so important. The enemy on his tail. Alyssa! You people blew this operation from the start. And this woman on his back. If you're not my idea of a dream thing. This unlikely couple is out to recover the ultimate weapon. Laser mission. Laser. Espionage. Execution is at dawn tomorrow. With the Virbeck diamond and my laser. I can create a nuclear weapon. They give it to you with both barrels in this international thriller packed full of action and intrigue. You kill me with your stupid... I knew you could do it. You did? Laser Mission. Mm. Okay, our film first time watch was Laser Mission which was released in 1988 um, and 1989 in Germany, and it wasn't released in the US till 1990. Um, it was directed by B.J. Davis. <laughs> E.J. Yes, of course. Now, the, B, the B and B.J. stands for bow, <laughs> if you wondered. Um, like We talked about the poster last time, didn't we? We did, yeah. It is a fair play. It is a great poster and a very eye-catching. A a diamond with Ernest Borgnine's face in it. Like, unfortunately, it's one of these instances where nothing can live up to this poster. (laughs) My my first problem is there's no lasers in this film. You know what, mate? That's something that we talked about when it was on. I think it got to... Oh, my God. And it's only 84 minutes. I think we got to about the hour mark. And Tina said, has there been a laser yet? No. 
No. And and there wasn't at all. No. He failed his mission. He did. <laughs> at least there was, was a mission. Obviously, as you heard in the trailer, the um, the uh, mercenary, the mercenary man, is uh, oh, is Michael, is Michael Gold, uh, who's Brandon Lee. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, the role was offered to David Hasselhoff. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that would have made it. Probably would have made for us. It would have made the film a little better, and that isn't a knock on Brandon Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. He, he is like. The phrase the best thing in it. It's a bit of faint praise when it comes to this, but like at least he had some charisma and presence. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um also stars Ernest Borgnine, as I said. Um and yeah, he's a mercenary. He's sent to convince Borgnine, who's a, a, a well, he's a laser specialist, Borgnine. I think that's as close as we get to a laser to defect. <laughs> um um, but he's captured by the, this doctor, Dr. Ernest Borgnine. He's captured by the KGB in gold. Um, he's sent on a mission to rescue him and the aforementioned Diamond, uh, the daughter of um, Borgnine gets involved and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, as you say, it's only like 84 minutes and um, the film starts with a song called Mercenary Man. <laughs> does it does it, it just starts with it then doesn't it and then it might it might appear a few times so i was just like oh this sounds like mark knopfler or yep. dire straits yeah no way and i was just like that is isn't it and then i just quickly i literally as i was watching it just punched in google knopfler um mercenary man um laser mission something like that and I just glanced down and I was like, oh, it is. Like, literally just gave it a glance because the film was on and then shut the phone off and carried on watching. Um, and they proceeded to pump this song out five times in 82 minutes. <laughs> you were keeping Three counting. of those times in full. <laughs> oh, they did get their money's worth from that, mate. And then, watching the credits, it wasn't even Mark Knopfler. It was David Knopfler. They were like... What? Who? And that's just set me into a theory that, like, they're the same person. <laughs> or Mark Knopfler retired in, like, 1978 or something and just got his, like, lousy brother David to do all the touring and stuff. Oh, who cares? Who knows the difference? They both signed again to call, so... <laughs> that's why I think what happened, because that, that just sounded just like Mark Knopfler. It did, yeah, and it's... Because he's the younger brother of Mark Knopfler. And it got me thinking, wouldn't it have been great if... Because this was a thing in the 80s as well. So you've got, you know, the main song, like you said, played five fucking times through the film. If the film had starred, like, Frank Stallone and Joey Travolta and, you know, all brothers. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, been... like, yeah, there's a couple of films that did come out in the 80s and 90s like that, weren't there? Yeah. So like... If... um Stallone's mum was like Jackie Stallone's in one, and yeah, oh, who's who's Martin Sheen's brother who was um, oh. something else? I can't remember Estefes, um, I can't remember the first name, but yeah, there's, there's quite a few, isn't but there? they'd have it in like massive letters, they'd have Travolta and then like Joey in little letters right above <laughs> Stallone, Frank. And I've, I've this- got to find this film now, um, because this like literally did this with a film, 
Yeah, and uh, Andrew and I watched it on a movie night years ago. So it suckers you in when they do stuff like that. It really does because we. Uh, it's something to do with aliens. Oh my! God. I've gone to Joe Travolta on IMDb because um, it won't take long. <laughs> what, you, what are you trying to say about poor old Joey? You're saying that he wasn't in many films at <laughs> all. Beach Babes from Beyond. Okay. Oh. <laughs> jo- starring Joe Estefes. Don Swayze, <laughs> Joey Travolta, and Jackie Stallone. Stallone, Estevez, Travolta, Swayze, all in. Oh, God. That's all it you also see. stars um, Linnea Quigley, and the bad guy in the movie is Burt Ward. Sad thing is, I really want to watch it now. I mean, I mean, if you've not seen it, we can't pick it because you've not seen it, and I have. <laughs> and you have. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> definitely worth talking about. Yeah, but there was a few. There's a couple like that where they just, you know, lit like you say, Estefes, Travolta, Stallone, <laughs> Swayze. It's like all the wrong ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you don't you don't realise that you know you've picked it up in you know drunken stupor on the way back from the pub in the video store, and you put it on, and then you think what? What's going on? There was loads of nudity in it, so if you were in a drunken stupor, you'd be you'd probably be like, yeah, you'd be fine. I think one of them. No, I think one someone gets a dick out. Someone <laughs> gets a dick in there, so you're covered everywhere. Like whoever you are, you're covered. Yeah, you know, you're sorted. Yeah, no matter what what you like to see, it's it's there on screen. Yeah, I think we've just recommended Dick's <laughs> brothers of actors. <laughs> we've recommended that more than Laser Mission, I think. Yeah, we've just gone off on a tangent about uh, Beach Babes and Beyond, which probably did we probably did get more enjoyment out of Laser Mission. So yeah, Laser Mission is. Oh, I found it a bit boring. <laughs> Laser, you don't need to say anything else. Laser Mission is. Oh, I think that size said it all, mate. It really did. I mean, it was just like. I just found it all a bit... I mean, I just didn't really find... Like, I'm going to... We'll talk in a while about some... Like, an element of a film that it can't live up... Like, the rest of the film can't live up to. And I just don't think... In this case, I can't... You know, it just doesn't live up to the poster. And... it doesn't. Like, the song's good, even though they play it five times. Oh, the song sticks in your head. Definitely. It's about the only thing that does stick in your head. Because I watched this last night... And in all honesty, mate, I can barely remember anything about it. And yeah, the action's very forgettable, and like uh, there's attempts at humour all the way through, and they just fall flat. It's not very funny. Oh, it's not at all. It's not funny, and it's it's forgettable while you're watching it. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it really is though, because we were watching it, and then Tina went, "Oh, she went, she said, I'll go make a cup of tea." So she went to the kitchen and she said, don't pause it. She said, don't bother pausing it. <laughs> Do not pause this. <laughs> you know that's a sign of poor quality. Those <laughs> words, don't pause it. <laughs> that's the show. No, you're thing. in for something like, you know, like you've, you've lost whoever's watching, you're watching with. So don't pause it. <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> and it, it, by then, it had already failed the clock test. We'd both looked at the clock so many times. And again, you know, it's only 84 minutes long. And so she goes to the kitchen, she makes a cup of tea, and then she comes in. She said, oh, what's, what's happened? And I was like, I don't know. And then she was saying, well, what, what, what country are they in now? I don't know. I've sort of lost track. It, it sort of went in. It was one of those films where I could only retain about 
two minutes at a time and then it would disappear because it was it was so forgettable like you said one of the few things memorable about it is the song obviously yeah and that's because it's drilled into you because it's played so many times the other thing was we were desperately trying to find out ernest borgnine's um his his accent we were, oh what? My God. okay so what country is he supposed to be from and what accent is he trying to do? Tino at first, and he really did sound it, said, is he Irish? And Because he went like from what sounded like being strong Irish to something else. And it was, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. And his, and his character's name's Dr. Braun. So it's, mm. could be German. Could I mean, be. his character could be German. Yeah. But you never, you never really know. And the, oh my God, it's got some of the worst continuity and editing that i've ever seen to the point where on more than one occasion tina looked at me and she said has this been because we watched it on youtube because yeah it was we were going to watch it on amazon prime we should say that shouldn't we because it was on amazon prime as part of your prime package that bastards removed it didn't they a few days before we were due to watch it yeah and i it was just like, oh, bollocks, I'll just rent the thing for two forty nine, And I was just like, oh, shit, this is probably on YouTube. But it's too late. And I paid two pounds oh. £2.49p for this. Oh, well, we watched the we watched the YouTube one. And, yeah, we thought, Tina said, it's like, is this, like, people hacked away at it and this bit's missing. So check the running time. YouTube, 84 minutes. Go to IMDb, everywhere else, 84 minutes. No, it's just edited really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's yeah it's terrible but it is for when you say there's there's explosions in it you know which one of the things we love about 80s movies over the top explosions and there's some of the silly stuff but it's just so boring and and forgettable and like you say brandon mm-hmm. lee's doing his best to try and you know keep it all rolling and i do like brandon lee and like you said he's got some screen presence and he is the best thing in it but, you know, his attempts at humour, which is, you know, down to the script itself, which is... Yeah, you can only work with what you're given. Exactly. And the script is terrible. The whole story, and it's... Like you say, when there's not even a bloody laser in it, and it's called Laser yeah. Mission, it's come it's on. Nothing. Yeah, it just should be called Disjointed Boring Mission. But that wouldn't sell as well, I guess. No. no. I do think, though, you know, you're saying about the clock test, when you look at the time, when the time yeah. test, you should now also add... Don't pause it. But don't, <laughs> like if, if someone has to go up to the loo or to get a cup of tea or yeah. get a bag of crisps or whatever, yeah. Um, if they say, "Oh, pause that," yeah, we'll add if that they say, "Don't pause it," that's for that's you know you you like you've, yeah. you've lost the viewer. Yeah, I think that will be added then if if either of us have to leave the room for like you said for any reason, toilet break, making a drink, anything. Uh, yeah. We'll see if it if it had to be paused or not. Is is another test? Which... This is like oh, you know, like me going to get a, a refill of squash or a something out, you know, mm-hmm. or something out of a fridge or yep. whatever takes literally about twenty five seconds. Yeah, and if I'm not prepared, to, and if I put I'm like now, nah, I'm just going to keep it running. <laughs> you know, like I just want to even claw back those twenty five seconds. <laughs> so. Yeah. So but... on, um, on Letterboxd, uh, we both gave it again. We, we, we completely agreed on it. We both gave it two stars. This that... wasn't, you know, diabolically bad or anything. Mm. Yeah. It was, 
it was it was de- yeah it was definitely a two star i can't believe that's five films on the trot we have given the exact same score to and when you think this because it's even though it's five stars you can put half a star as well it's a 10 to 1 chance every time five in the row i mean that's it's big odds it's big which i would work out in my head if i could be asked or <laughs> or, or even was capable of doing uh, so, so anybody listening work it out and let us know <laughs> uh yeah it's just forgettable mate so disappointing so expecting so much more and it's not even a case of going in with high expectations it's and because that can let you down a lot it was just even if i went in with low expectations i'd have still been bored watching it yeah yeah Oh dear! Yeah, I've nothing else to say, mate. Well, I, I can I can only apologise. I mean, I, I did the fatal thing. Like the letterbox reviews were all right. You know, they were. You know, there were some that were shit, and there were some that were like people loved it. But um, yeah, it didn't do it for me. No. Oh well. At least you know. At least we got the thing, the whole pause it thing sorted for future films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got a new test. Yes, so that's good. If nothing else, we've got that. <laughs> All right then. Well, for my rewatch pick, I couldn't find the trailer for it. Surprising. Yeah, it is actually. I am surprised by that. But I have found uh, just a little sound bite from the film that, for me, and I'm sure for you, mate, just perfectly sums it up. <laughs> the fuck is this? Your worst nightmare, butthorn. McBain. Yeah. And there we are, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Your worst nightmare. Butthorn, it's McBain. McBain, McBain, Frank McBain, Frank Bulletproof McBain, played by Gary Busey, uh, who is, according to IMDb, an oft-wounded LA cop uh, who invades Mexico to rescue U.S. Army types from a Soviet agent, uh, and much hilarity and action ensues as well. Even though this was a rewatch, I couldn't remember a lot about it. There was only little tiny bits about it that I could remember. Was it? What was it like for you? Was it one of those where you thought, "Oh yeah, I know what's coming up," or did it sort of surprise? Yeah, no, you? I couldn't remember a thing about it at all. I think it was like 2013, 2014, I would watch this, and it's just gone. Too many other films. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's Gary Busey as McBain, who. He's, he's shot. literally called McBain. <laughs> he's, he's shot so often that during the film, and, it, and whenever he's shot, he takes the bullets out with some tweezers. Uh, and through this film, he gets shot uh, a 38th and a 39th time. And uh, imagine being shot 39 times <laughs> and he survives. It must be like shit shots. The first thing that surprised me um, was one of the writers and he's also credited as a producer as well, Fred Olin Ray. Yeah. Which, yeah, I'd completely forgotten about that, the great Fred Olin Ray. Uh, so, yeah, McBain is the cop, like I said, who's always been shot all the time, played by Gary Busey in 80s Busey mode. You know, we're past that, you know, his early roles from Buddy Holly, or his, you know, serious actor. He's, he's really starting to chew the scenery up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> And uh, he's um, also an early scene as well. A very clean cut Danny Trejo. Very oh my god! Cut. Yeah, yeah. It was... Which is like, yeah, 
not often to see him like that and with short hair as well. You know, you're so used mm. to seeing him as he is now. And, you know, you've seen you know, Dust Till Dawn onwards. Um, yeah, that was, oh, I forgot he was in it. Uh, but the, the the audio clip that just played is from right at the beginning of the film where Buse is up high in this warehouse and he's sort of in the, the steel girder rafters. And it's him doing it. You see, it's Gary Busey that is up there. I'm sure he was doing it with no safety equipment as well. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so he jumps down to these bad guys. And you know you're in for a good start, mate, don't you? When you're in an enclosed space uh, and one of the weapons that the guys get out, don't bother with a pistol. Don't bother with like an Uzi or anything like that. Straight to the RPG when you're in an enclosed space and it gets an RPG out and fires it and you're going, what the hell? Um, And then we've got Busey and his partner in, um, because they've been staking out the warehouse when an ice cream truck goes into it and you think there's this big drug deal going on. And then there's a bit of a chase with an ice cream van, mate, which... I mean... These first 10 minutes of this film were amazing. Like, in like it was such a cliche. Every <laughs> cliche yeah. was just thrown at it. Like, the partner might as well have said he had five days left to retirement. Like, <laughs> the angry police captain turned up. Yeah. You know, Chase, he's got his, you know, cool people butthorn. And literally, I mean, it's, this is obviously The Simpsons, but the fact that he was called McBain and it's just like, what the hell are you doing, McBain? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I just couldn't fail to make me laugh every time. They just said McBain loads. I think and, that. <laughs> I mean, if the rest of this film had just stayed like this, oh. it would probably be one of my favourite films of all time. Yeah, agreed. But I don't yeah. think it could maintain that level of quality <laughs> yeah unfortunately like you said the first 10 minutes is just incredible and yeah i agree mate if it if, if it could have kept up that level it would be you know it'd be on the list with samurai cop and hard ticket and all the other ones like that wouldn't it shotgun uh but unfortunately it doesn't uh it does it does dip a bit not too much but it no it, no it, not at all the rest is absolutely fine yeah you know, when you're throwing a grenade into the... When you're chasing an ice cream van and the back of the ice cream van drops down and there's a guy with... Um, and in fact, it's Danny Trejo, I think, with a big machine gun firing and, and he throws a grenade from the ice cream van into the car that Busey and his partner are in. And Busey, calmly as anything, oh, just pick that up, will you, mate? You know, it's fallen in the back seat. <laughs> so really cool as the proverbial cucumber. So his partner grabs it, passes it to Busey, and who just then casually throws it back into the ice cream van. Which, <laughs> as you do. As you do. I mean, this grenade, since the pin's been pulled from it, it's been a long time. <laughs> you know, yeah, it could have gone off like several times over. <laughs> exactly. And so then, of course, the ice cream van explodes and, and twists over and crashes and all the usual stuff that all vehicles did in 1980s films uh so yeah that that was i mean that start was amazing and then yeah, like almost i mean as i said the rest of the film is fine but it's almost too amazing the start it is it's it's one of those where you could just go back and you think you know what i'm going to put on the first 10 minutes of bulletproof just you know <laughs> yeah. just as a warm-up for the evening it's, it's always a good start but then Buse is tasked with retrieving this uh, super tank. Um, Thunderblast. Thunderblast. See, I mean, again, like, just to reiterate, 
it's the rest of the film isn't like boring like laser mission or anything like that it's just like you you have to see it to get it like yeah. that first 10 minutes are incredible and everything else while good mm. yeah <laughs> this, this, I mean this squibs old school squibs this flamethrowers this crashes and everything you know all the way through this uh, yeah, this, you've got you've got Henry Silver and William Smith as bad guys. Yeah, like, brilliant. Is, you've got the the obligatory. Well, you've got more than one flashback. You've got a flashback where McBain uh, goes back to McBain. where his McBain, his partner, was shot. It was like well, McBain shoots him um, by accident. <laughs> by accident, obviously. You've got an amazing flashback sequence, which is probably one of the best ever flashback sequences in cinema, not just during the eighties. But when you've when he thinks back and you've got Busey uh, on a beach playing saxophone, very sexy. oh, when it cuts to him, I was like, well, it's literally like, but yeah, and it's literally him playing the sax. It's and it's the luck. Beautiful. It's the luck. It's as though oh, I don't know. It's as though he's having sex with the saxophone. The luck on his face. And it's he just, is not actually playing that saxophone. No, <laughs> it's not. He believes he is though. He totally believes that he is. And, and when when McBain is shown the schematics for the for Thunder Blast, they are the most shit schematics for a tank <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. They're like, if anybody can remember the tank game from uh, late 70s, early 80s, Battlezone, and it's vector graphics. It was the graphics on Battlezone looked better than the schematics for this tank, <laughs> and it's supposed to be like state of the art military perfection, and it was like it looks so shit. Um, and it does when you get to see it close up too, which we'll which we'll get to. Um, though there is, I've never seen before one of the bad guys because Busey puts down a bad guy in a fight scene with an ashtray to the nuts. Which is which yes. was which was quite good, which I've never seen before. So fair play to that. Uh, and and he gets up so to take him to where Thunderblast is, and him trying to retrieve the tank. He gets picked up with a helicopter. So obviously the helicopter, one of the big helicopters, picks him up like in this gas station that's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Doesn't you? Th- you'd think do it in a field or somewhere like that. But you see that, the, and it looks like this gas station and the, the little building next to it are so flimsy that they're going to get blown over. I thought that was so weird, the place that they chose to have him picked up. Uh, it was also good because you said Henry Silver is one of the bad guys. You see Henry Silver with a very Rambo-esque knife as well, which was good. Um, which was which? Unfortunately, though, he was using with this woman and he was telling her to take off her clothes. He was like, he was a bit, ooh, yeah. yeah. Don't do not do that, Silver. At least her comeback to him was, um, go fuck your camel, is what she said to him. I mean, I don't know where any of these bad guys are actually from. No, exactly. Where are they from? No, they're, they're at, there's, everyone's got a different accent. Um, yeah, I'm just not really sure where they came from. Mm. Like, But you know. never found out. You know, just, it, just accept it. Yeah, just roll with it. Actually, oh, speaking of roll with it, he because you know he's going to get caught. Ah. <laughs> you know, but Payne's going to get caught um, at some point. And of course, the bad guys capture him, and um, you know his, his mission to retrieve Thunderblast can't go you know seamlessly and smoothly. 
So they capture him and then they tie him almost crucifix style. Well, it's with arms and legs spread out, you know, into like the figure X onto this massive wooden spool. And you think, yeah. why, why have you done that? Why have you done that? Because I think they're going to shoot him, aren't they? You know, they've tied him onto there. And you think, okay. So then, without going into too much detail of all the characters, the, the, one of the females in it who's um, on his side, who's on McBain's side, her way of rescuing him is the most bizarre, or giving him a chance of rescue. She goes to him and says to Henry Silver, oh, I'm just going to say, you know, give him a kiss goodbye, let me do that. And then she goes and embraces uh, embraces McBain. And she's got a grenade. And then she pulls the plug off and she says something. It's something along the lines of, um, this is either going to blow you to pieces or it'll make you roll away. And again, cool as anything, much like he did with the grenade from the ice cream van. All he says is, yeah, sounds like fun. And really cool. So she she drops this grenade next to a wooden spool massive one walks away grenade blows up now you'd think a wooden spool it'd blow to pieces wouldn't you but oh yeah would it would it would because that's what wood does when a grenade goes off next to it would would yes but this doesn't no this makes the big wooden spool with him tied to it roll away and it rolls away slowly for about 20 feet goes down a small incline and then stops. And then you've got the bad guys going crazy, going, oh, no, he's escaped. He's, he's literally a stone's throw away. If you walked the 20 feet to the incline and just looked down a little bit, you'd see him. It's, it's as though he's gone miles the way that they, they go. And uh, I think it's Henry Silver who says, he won't live long in the desert. And it's like you can <laughs> see him. Just walk, to, walk 20 feet over there, mate, and you can see him. And uh, oh, that was that was ridiculous. But the sight of uh, McBain tied to this wooden spool as it slowly rolls away. After <laughs> that, yeah, it was a very good visual. <laughs> it was. Uh, and I think it's around this point where he gets shot for the 39th time and has to take it take out. And he keeps all the bullets in a jar, by the way, which is one of his things that he, he, he does and keeps them all. <laughs> And he eventually gets into the tank, him and the girl that saved him with the grenade. This super tank, this, I don't know, multi-million dollar, you know, ultra weapon from the military. And they don't know how to work it because there's buttons everywhere. And they press one button and there's a coffee machine in there, obviously, in a tank. Comes a standard in your tank. Yeah. And it's so shit because it's like this little flap drops down on a piece of string. <laughs> <laughs> a coffee machine comes out and you're thinking oh at least try and make it look a bit high tech than rather a quite obvious you know sort of uh cheap wooden flap on a bit of string that drops down in a coffee machine <laughs> that did look a bit awful mate but hey it was in there and um and i've got i've got uh, they escape and they get the tank which you know which was always going to happen um, they were the highlights for me because that you know that's the that's the meat of the story that go that goes on. And there were, again, loads of big explosions, um, loads of shooting going on, Busey being Busey. But it, that first ten minutes had happened, mate, hadn't it? And that sort of ah, oh, it you'd never quite get up to that height, which I think that was the 
let down for me at this. That yeah, like, like so I said good. about Laser Mission doesn't live up to the poster. This just can't top that first ten minutes. No. Oh no, it's uh, I mean it's good, and um, yeah, we went six for six now, didn't we? Because we both gave this the same score again. Yeah, both gave it three stars. I could not believe that you messaged me on WhatsApp and you went, "We've done it again." <laughs> it was like what six films wait- on the yeah, top? Yeah, I was waiting for you to watch Laser Mission, finish Laser Mission. Yeah. I was yeah, like, that if he gives it. this two stars, and that's all of that's uh, another one. Yeah. So, uh, anybody listening, if you want to work it out, it's a ten to one shot each time, and we've done it six times on the trot. What are the odds on us doing that? Because <laughs> that is by far a record, mate, and one I doubt will ever equal again. Because it's not often it's not often we agree on on one film. Usually, no. I'd say, I mean, you know, could, I'd, I mean, could we? God, can can we do it like four shows on the trot? No way, no way. Uh, but yeah, it's good. Again, I didn't remember a lot about it. Busey, always worth watching in my book. Uh, I have seen better bonkers Busey films, but this is up there. But if you're thinking about it, if you've never seen it, by all means, please watch it all. Or if you've, you know, it's like a rewatch and you'd like us, you've forgotten a lot of it. I'd say, yeah, first 10 minutes, grab a drink, grab some mates, uh, 10 minutes, done. And, and, you, and you won't regret it. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, yeah, have you, have you anything to add to that, mate? No, no, you've summed up perfectly. Mm. One to 10 minutes. Yeah. And absolutely fine 80 minutes afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. Like I say, we gave it three stars. Um, and it's you know it it's solid, but oh, ten minutes, ten minutes. <laughs> anyway, the big question is, what films are we going to pick? That we is this run of us agreeing completely on everything? Is it going to carry on? Let us find out after we've just had a short break. And it is my first time watch pick, and it's a film that I've had on my letterboxed watch list for quite a while. And the tipping point for me picking it was, I went through first, okay, it's my first time watch. I looked through my letterbox watch list first, and I saw this, and I saw, oh, it's from 1987, and it's called The Order of the Black Eagle. Right, never seen it. I'll check with Tom. Have you seen it? I checked with you. You said you hadn't, and there's a little story behind that as well. And the, the the one thing that really tipped it, I thought, you know, I'll just I'll have a read of a couple of reviews. And there was there was one review, and I'm going to read it out. I'm going to get in touch with uh, whoever wrote it and just to make sure that it's okay to read it out in the next month's show. There's one review, and I was reading this, and I read it twice to make sure I'd mm. read it all properly. And I thought, I have got to watch this film. I cannot read this. And then not watch this film. <laughs> so yeah, I'll read. I'll read that review on the next show. All being well. Uh, so yeah, it's the Order of the Black Eagle, nineteen eighty-seven. And I know you're going to have a little story as well about it, mate, because there's something to do with things and characters in it that you're familiar with as well. Yes, mm. yes, yes. But yes, that will that can wait till next time. Uh, of course, we shall leave it there. So uh, yeah, if you've watched it or you haven't, that's what we're going to be talking about. 
and uh, yeah, send us any questions, comments about that. And also the rewatch pit that Tom's going to let you know about now. Yeah, the rewatch pick is a film that's been sitting sealed, uh, as Blu-ray's been sitting sealed on my shelves for a long time. I haven't watched it since 2017, according to Letterboxd. Um, and it is Chuck Norris in Missing in Action. Oh, one. I used to love watching this with my dad. We sat down a few times and watched it. On oh, video. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. No, I've not watched it. Oh, wow. I think if I say 20 years, I'm oh safe. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm pretty safe in saying that. 20 years. I, I think I'm pretty safe in saying that Tina's never watched it. So that'll be interesting, especially if she gets up and goes for a wee or makes a cup of tea. If she says, pause it or not. <laughs> Oh, the new test. Or mate, imagine if if during a Chuck Norris film she says, "I'm just going for a wee. Don't bother pausing it." Oh (laughs) dear. (laughs) Let's 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 see what happens with that one. Yeah, looking forward to that, mate. It's uh, it's one I've watched a good few times, but like I say, twenty years easy since I last watched it. Uh, right, yeah, so those are the two films that we're going to be talking about. If you want to ask us any questions about them, got any comments about them, or you've got any comments about anything at all, please send us an email and um, we'll um, we'll address them and respond on the next show. Because we had a tweet, as I desperately tried to find it on my phone quite now, we had a tweet um, about, oh my gosh, this is good listening, isn't it? We had a tweet about um, Bulletproof on Twitter. Oh, of course it was on Twitter. If it was a tweet, oh, Jesus, it was okay. from. Thank you, Gregory Connolly at Greg T H R on Twitter. Uh, so I put, you know, that we're watching um, among other ones, which was Bulletproof. This is great way you put. That movie has a really interesting backstory: unpaid bills, a crew member being assaulted by unlicensed security guards. God. Gary Busey screaming at people to call him McBain and not Gary, etc. <laughs> what? I want to read up more about what the hell happened during the Sounds like there should be a book about this or it a documentary. Does. It does. So thanks, Greg, for that. <laughs> That's uh, Yeah, I want to go down a rabbit hole about that now, definitely. Uh, so yeah, anything to do with the films that we've picked, the films that we talked about today or anything at all, tweet us, email us. And, uh, yeah, we'll respond on the next show. You know how to do that. Go to 60mw.co.uk. Contact us form on there. You can email us direct, which is contact at 60mw.co.uk. All the links are on there to our Twitter and our Instagram. Both of those are at 60MW Podcast. There's an easy way to leave us a review on there. There's an easy way to get involved with the world tour now that the world is slowly starting to uh, move a little bit more. Uh, that would be good to get some more pins on the world map. And there we go, mate. That's us until the April show. I to think April, April, April. Wow, we're into spring now. Before you know it, it'll be summer. Then we'll be meeting up. And then we've got our fingers crossed to maybe meet up at Download because Kiss are playing. I, I mean, I think that will be a pretty... I mean, that's next year. So, yeah, that was like next June. I think. I think. So that we, I think safe. that's safe to say that will happen. Yeah, but before then, safe as we can. Yeah, but before then, like I say, you back in Wales, meet up, mm. things get maybe back end of the year, gigs, live events, meet Dean, get some hot sauces off him. All be good. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. it certainly will be. Yeah. 
Right, until then, uh, we will be back in April and we will see if, can we can we do it? Four shows running. Oh, I don't yeah, know. Film seven and eight in a, oh, can't, we can't, surely. Surely not. Well, we both already like Missing in Action. Yes, we do. Um, uh, do we like it as much as each other? Well, though? yeah, no, when you're talking, there could be a half a star difference. Oh, that's it, that's the thing. You know, I could have easily given... Um, uh, Bulletproof two and a half, and you know that's all it would have taken. That's all, yeah. So again, anybody, you you maths geniuses out there, <laughs> six six films, uh, ten to one short each time. What what are the odds on that happening? And uh, yeah, let let us know it, what we would have won if we'd have put a pound on it <laughs> happening and make us sick. How rich we would have been. I don't know where we would have put a pound on it. You yeah, know, I don't know on. who would have taken that bet. Yeah, because it's quite easy to fix, isn't it? It's not... <laughs> Just give it three stars, mate. All right, and then we'll be fine. Anyway, until next time, we shall disappear and go in our always professional way of me saying goodbye and leaving Tom to finish the show. <sighs> Odd. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Perfect.